seconds flat. Give me up. This is the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. He's been broken three times. He refuses to give in. He might do it. Look at that guy. Look at Blake Zero. Oh, my gosh. Welcome in for mile 74 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. We are previewing the upcoming Greenville Half Marathon, the self-proclaimed fastest half in the south. Before we get into the nitty gritty on the half, let's take a moment and get you updated on indoor track action this winter. First, I hope you're watching the new American Track League. This is a tremendous opportunity for growth in our sport as ESPN is giving these meets full coverage each weekend from the beautiful Randall Tyson Indoor Facility at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. In week one, Ryan Krauser stole the show. He had a record-breaking heave on his first attempt in the shot put. Krauser's throw of 74 feet, 10 and a half inches, bested the previous indoor world record by over six inches. He followed that up with the third best indoor distance of all time in week number two. Former University of Kansas 800-meter standout Bryce Hobble starred in the second meet as he posted the second fastest indoor time in U.S. history. Hopple scorched the 200-meter bank track with a time of 1 minute 44.37 seconds. That is just over a tenth of a second off Donovan Brazier's record set last year, and it moved Hopple past Johnny Gray on the all-time American leaderboard. Brazier and Hopple now both look like potential medal favorites for this summer in Tokyo. And remember, Brazier broke Hopple's 21-race win streak that included two NCAA individual championships. This past week in meet number three, Greenville's own Sandy Morris took the world lead in the pole vault, and Marquise Dendy, on his final attempt after fouling in each of his previous attempts, set a new world-leading mark of 26 feet 11 and a quarter inches in the long jump. But the storyline and big surprise of the day came in the men's mile. Two-time Olympic medalist Nick Willis clocked another sub-four mile as his record streak of 19 consecutive years running sub-four continues, and he helped Hobbs Kessler to a shocking U.S. high school indoor mile record. Kessler finished in 3 minutes, 57.66 seconds, besting Drew Hunter's national record. Previously, Kessler had never even sniffed the 4-minute barrier. He now ranks behind only American legends Alan Webb and Jim Ryan on the indoor-outdoor combined high school mile list. So kudos to Hobbs. And the action continues this Sunday in Fayetteville with meet number 4. Also in Fayetteville, at the Collegiate Razorback Invitational, the Oregon Ducks Quartet of Cole Hawker, Luis Peralta, Charlie Hunter, and Cooper Tier set a new NCAA record in the distance medley relay. Their time of 9 minutes, 19.42 seconds, broke the old record, 
also held by Oregon, by over five seconds. Moreover, this actually bested the all-time indoor mark, which was previously set by Team USA. For anyone unfamiliar with the DMR, it features legs of 1,200, 400, 800, and 1,600 meters. So that means the ducks covered approximately two and a half miles in under nine minutes and 20 seconds. All right, now that we got you caught up on the big moments indoors, let's change gears and move to road racing. The Greenville Half Marathon, previously sponsored by Prisma Health and its predecessor Greenville Health Systems is upon us. We have real racing happening, friends, and this is traditionally one of the best events in the region. The race returns on February 27th. Certainly it is on the short list of contenders for that fastest half in the South Crown. Houston annually provides you the fastest field and you get contenders on great courses like Austin and Jacksonville. But this course profile sets up for most racers to make a PR attempt and in a bit we'll give you some advice on course strategy to hopefully make this a PR race for you. Lawrence Kipkowicz was your winner last year in 65-52, leading a pack of three men under 66 minutes. Also friends of the show, Ryan Bugler and Brad Orr were top 10 finishers. And we've seen top finishes in recent years from past show guests, including James Quattlebaum, Alyssa Bloomquist, and Ricky Flynn. I know at least a couple of them will be back in the field this year, and I expect with the limited racing opportunities we've seen, we will have one of the deepest lead packs in race history. Due to a small construction detour that we'll discuss later, the start line moves north a few hundred meters this year and will be near the Traveler's Rest Church of God on North Main Street. This is just north of Gateway Park. You'll be at about 1,090 feet above sea level for the gun. The finish returns to its traditional spot at the TD stage along the Reedy River near Falls Park in beautiful downtown Greenville. You'll get a net downhill on the point-to-point course with several extended gradual downhills. We'll break those down for you more here in a moment. Additionally, you may want to consider a carpool or drop-off option at the start line. Otherwise, you'll need to purchase a bus ticket from the race organizers to get you back up to TR after the finish. Let's take a look at typical racing conditions. The average low for February 27th, traveler's rest is 40 degrees. The average high temperature 59 with rain 30% of the time and a record low of a frigid 12 degrees. And in previous years, we've experienced some extremes. Last year, the race shared its date with the Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta. The course saw chilly but near perfect conditions with a start temp in the upper 30s. And the race ended before the strongest winds moved through the upstate. Those of us on the course in Atlanta that day remember how nasty those gusts got later on. Race day was less seasonable a few years back in 2018 as the gun temps were in the 60s. And I remember early spring humidity was in the air. So this race falls in a window where we tend to have great racing weather, but we'll see what we get on the morning of the 27th. Now the race starts at 7.30 a.m. in Traveler's Rest and heads south to Greenville 
given COVID protocols, you'll have a different start line experience this year. The field is divided into waves of no more than 250 athletes. Those waves are predetermined by the estimated finish time you enter at registration. So, although we don't anticipate the traditional formal pacing groups we've seen in the past, which ranged between 90 minutes and 2 hours 45 minutes, you should be starting near some similar racers. If you're targeting a specific pace, you might use this as an opportunity to find some folks to work with during the race, but remember, stick to your plan. Waves will start on five-minute intervals, and race organizers are encouraging runners to wait until just before their wave starts to enter the start line area. In that start line area, you will need a mask or buff at all times until your wave begins the race. And one other big change this year, once you get on the course, water stations will be self-serve. That means no volunteers handing you water. However, you'll have four water tables where you can grab your own cup. Keep that in mind as you plan out your nutrition hydration plan for the race. All right, let's look at the course specifics. Since the start line is pushed a few hundred meters north from previous years, you'll be hitting mile markers at different landmarks than in the past. At the gun, you'll get a slight downhill on Main before the road bends right and then left on Grandview through Mountain View Memorial Park. After the gradual ascent on Grandview, we have our first link up with the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Continuing north on the trail, you pass the first mile marker and hit the course's northern turnaround point at Rock Quarry Road. A left here and another quick left on Highway 276 will bring you back south toward Traveler's Rest. When you get on 276 at that turnaround point, you are just shy of 1.5 miles into the race. Then you'll have almost two miles parallel to and past the start, where you pass Traveler's Rest High School at about the three mile mark and hit the trail again at three plus miles into the race. When I divide the course into sections, this is our natural first breaking point. So your opening 5K is characterized by some gentle rollers and a more open landscape before you move into the Swamp Rabbit Trail portion of the race. Once you do, you will now run the trail for nearly nine miles. At about the four mile mark, just past the Row Road crossing, you'll get the first of several extended gradual downhills on your way to Greenville. Remember, most of the trail is a repurposed railway. You're not getting severe descents. That stretch bottoms out near the next road crossing at Old Buncombe. And here you encounter the most significant climb on the course. Again, it's a steady rise, it's no heartbreak hill, perhaps gaining 50 plus feet over half a mile or so. You'll pass the five mile marker on this uphill and at the apex, you reach a key topographical milestone at the Highway 25 overpass. Once you go under Highway 25, and crest that hill. Beyond this point, you will run significantly more downhill and flat than uphill. 
The next stretch will be the most generous of the entire race. For over a mile, you benefit from a nearly continuous slight downhill grade. This is where you'll pass Furman University on your left. Finally, before the seven mile marker, the course levels off again as you cross Duncan Chapel and Watkins Bridge roads. Now, after Watkins Bridge, you're under six miles from the finish and you enter an uninterrupted 2K section of the trail. Immediately after Watkins Bridge, you'll see a large hash mark on the trail. This was put down by our friends at the Greenville Track Club, and it signifies the beginning of a series of marks on the pavement at least every 200 meters for the next 2K. So I think for the first 800, it's actually marked each 100, and then again marked at the K, 1200, 14, 16, the mile, 1800, and again at 2000. You might be able to use these hashes as a tool for accurately measuring your pacing or resetting your cadence or just clicking off some mental landmarks. Around 1,200 meters into this tract of the race, you are beyond the eight mile marker. We get another gradual decline. This one's about 400 meters noticeable decline. Next major road crossing is at Sulphur Springs Road. So after you cross Sulphur Springs, that's where the boxcar and mural will be on your right. We pass mile nine. Here you have one of the most densely wooded sections of the trail. So if you're in the habit of regularly monitoring your pace via GPS, you need to block that out here as the numbers likely will be misleading. And I would recommend doing less watch tracking in general. We've had plenty of discussions here about running by effort versus being a slave to the watch. Please remember in these more wooded sections of the Swamp Rabbit Trail, you're going to get that number bouncing around. So your overall average pace on your GPS watch may be accurate, but your current moving pace could be really off. Don't let that throw you. Stay focused on your plan. There is a major road crossing at Blue Ridge Highway, and it lands right at the 10-mile mark. I consider this point our third major breaking point in the course. So we had the trail entry near 5K, the Route 25 overpass circa five and a quarter, and now Blue Ridge Highway at 10. From here forward, we are running an almost entirely flat final 5K. Three quarters of a mile later after Blue Ridge, you get two very short, but certainly noticeable uphill kickers at the Swamp Rabbit Cafe before moving into an open, flat piece of the Swamp Rabbit Trail until you approach mile 12. Here at Willard Street, we get a sharp right on the pedestrian bridge across the Reedy, then an abrupt left as the trail continues into downtown Greenville. Just be mindful there. Now, because of the construction in Unity Park. This year's detour comes with about a mile to go in the race. You'll venture off the trail 
taking a right into Mayberry Park, leading you out to Mayberry Street. Mayberry has a little roll to it. So when it dead ends into Hudson, you'll be gradually climbing. This also means when you turn left onto Hudson, you'll get that elevation back with a slight slope back to the trail. Hang a right on the trail, we're back on the traditional course and you are charging toward Linky Stone Park. You reach mile 13 at Linky Stone and have the last technical feature of the race. After the trail bends right, you'll go under the River Street Bridge. Here you'll corkscrew back up from the trail to the bridge, essentially making a 270 degree turn, cross the bridge, then turn right on Broad Street. Once on Broad, you'll veer to the right into the closing chute and finish at the TD stage in the shadow of the Peace Center. And that's your course, 13.1 miles from downtown Traveler's Rest to downtown Greenville to Jewels of the Upstate via the Swamp Rabbit Trail, which has been instrumental in the revitalization of both cities. So, how should we approach the course for our best chance at success? Let's dive into some strategy. I mentioned three checkpoints along the course. Using those, we can divide the race into four distinct pieces. First, you have the opening 5K. With its minor rollers and, of course, your enthusiasm off the line, this is a great area to simply settle into the race. The half marathon can be very forgiving as you have time to correct mistakes that might put you in a hole you can't overcome in a 5K or 10K. Now, a 5,000 meter race, if you get out that first K really, really slow, you might not be able to catch up to your goal time. Conversely, if you make a mistake too fast early in a marathon, You'll be living with that pain for a seemingly interminable 20 plus miles. Half marathon hits a sweet spot where you could make a little mistake to the slow side or just a cautious or negative split plan and make up for that late. With that said, opening too fast can still be a critical error on this course. Given the terrain, you have plenty of time to make up some time later in the race. So avoid the temptation to bank time early and just hang on through the downhill. Instead, bank the energy early so you can take advantage of the closing stretch. My approach is working down to half marathon effort by the time we reach the first checkpoint near 5K into the race. For me, that might be starting five to 10 seconds per mile slower than goal pace, and then working down to goal pace when we get onto the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Depending on your goals, that could even be a bigger number. Your first mile might be more conservative, 20 or even 30 seconds slow if you are a novice runner. This strategy allows us to turn the half into a 10 mile race, which is just so much more manageable for most of us, and then exploit the fruits of the course later on. Segment two is our roughly two-mile section, 
from entering the trail to the I-25 overpass. I want to get on half marathon pace here. In any even split strategy, you are going to have some slight variation from mile to mile. So when I say we are on goal pace now, know that it's okay and normal to have a few seconds variation from mile to mile. If your target number is six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes per mile, and you see 558, then 602, or 756, then 803, you're right in the range that we want to be. So again, the runner targeting 10 minutes a mile, even if your goal is even split approach, which it might be within this section of the race, that doesn't mean you have to be right on 10. Don't sweat those small variations. Zone three will extend for almost five miles to the 10 mile marker at Blue Ridge from the I-25 overpass. Outside of a few short, sometimes imperceptible rises, we get a good amount of downhill and flat here. You have two options in this stretch. A, stay locked into half marathon effort, knowing in a few of these miles you might gain back a few seconds thanks to the downhill. Or B, ever so slightly pull back on your effort by one or two percent, which may end up keeping you approximately on goal pace. Option B is, is particularly enticing if you want to really save some energy and set yourself up for an aggressive negative split and hard close. Know your strengths and weaknesses as you determine how to attack section three. For me, I'll probably employ a hybrid approach here and take advantage of a couple of those bigger downhill sections that I highlighted earlier but largely stay tuned to effort over pace. That leaves us with the final 5K. If you've paced well and stayed patient, you'll be in position for a fast, flat finish where you can make up some time. I see this as a progressive finish rather than an immediate hammer once we pass 10 miles. So small incremental increases in effort I use each of the road crossings here as the point for those incremental increases and follow that by a scan of the body to see if I can make another acceleration at the next crossing or if I should just focus on trying to hold steady where I am. Know that that traditional finishing kick is abbreviated on this course given the sharp turn right after the 13 mile mark and the subsequent corkscrew up to River Street. So a lot of people have in their mind, I see the finish line and boom, I got to attack with every last thing I have. But here, a prolonged earlier push followed by at last short all-out surge once you hit Broad Street might be the best plan for executing an effective finish. I'll give you the caveat here that this entire strategy depends on you doing the work in training and having an appropriate goal. Be honest with yourself before the race and dial it in accordingly. So to review there on the strategy, three checkpoints which give us four race sections. The opening 5K, 5K to the I-25 overpass, 
the I-25 overpass generally downhill and flat now to the 10 mile marker and then largely flat from the 10 mile mark near Blue Ridge Highway into the finish with the exception of a couple very brief uphills by the Swamp Rabbit Cafe and the course detour around the new Unity Park on to Mayberry. I'll be setting out in that first section slightly slower than goal pace. I'll be trying to lock into it in the second section, near it again through the third, and then more aggressive to the finish, gradually increasing in effort as I near downtown. There you have it, our thorough preview of the Greenville half and some inside strategy for making this your best race possible. Additionally, great resource we have coming for you. We are uploading a course preview to our YouTube channel that will provide you a visual of the markers we mentioned here with captions and voiceover that captures some of the key points from this episode. We'll have that available early next week. That's the week of the 15th. So be sure to check us out on YouTube, Seconds Flat by Run In for that, and subscribe for our other content. A lot of people who run this race are local and familiar with the trail. So I think this will be particularly valuable in seeing the detour, which is a route many of us might not run as much, and then also applying the strategies that we're talking here to your visualization in the pre-race. I love the value of visualizing what the race is going to look like, how these strategies play out, how you're going to feel in different sections of the race, and perhaps even when you meet with some challenges. This was the visualization tool that Masters Myler Dan King shared with us. Working yourself through the hard moments, envisioning those breaking through and succeeding despite the hiccups. Some of our athletes will be sharing a socially distanced warm-up before the race in Traveler's Rest. So if you are looking for someone to prep with, please feel free to reach out to us, secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you the details. If you're lining up that morning, hoping to cover the distance and just get to the finish line, The opening miles might be a suitable warm-up for you. But if you're pressing your edge and shooting for a best mark, we'll be going through some jogging and drills that you are welcome to incorporate into your pre-race routine. We're looking forward to seeing you on the course and super excited to be racing again. Whatever the morning brings, stay positive. Remember why you're racing. Stay focused on a mantra that will carry you through 13.1 miles and, most importantly, have fun and appreciate the blessing of challenging your mind and body with our wonderful community of runners. So good luck to everybody headed out for the Greenville Half on the morning of February 27th, and welcome back to Road Racing. Thanks, as always, to our presenting sponsor, Run In. If you haven't, check out the new space on Washington Street in Greenville near Cleveland Park and the Swamp Rabbit Trail. That's all from Mile 74. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon here on Seconds Flat.